The Coach's Roundtable is brought to you by Between the Lines. Between the Lines offers online training with current minor league affiliates from the comfort of your own home through online technology. With their coaching, watch your skills and money increase due to no longer needing to drive to get training. For more information, go to betweenthelines.pro. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Coaches Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Credo, and today I've got two coaches that are going to share some insight and perspective on all things baseball with us. But enough for me. Let's get to know our coaches, and we'll start with you first, Coach Loparco. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately. Yeah, so first of all, thanks for having us on. Um, not much to do during uh, quarantine, COVID, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, but uh, definitely fun to talk some baseball. Um, so I graduated from, uh, Western New England, a, uh, a small D3 school in Springfield, Massachusetts from, um, in, uh, 2019, um, originally from Greenwich, Connecticut. Um, currently my full-time job, I work at a, a sport marketing company, but have luckily been able to coach, um, on the side. So I coach, um, 19U American Legion in the summer. And then currently, um, I'm coaching 13 year olds in small groups for winter workouts. So definitely lucky enough to be able to, to stay busy, busy right now coaching. And yeah, hopefully we get a uh, spring season for both college and high school. Awesome. We're glad to have you on coach. And what about you coach Plata? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately. Yeah, sure. Um, so I appreciate uh, you having us. Uh, this is a great opportunity to kind of, you know, introduce myself to you guys and, and to your platform. So um, a little bit about myself. I graduated from a school called the University of Akron in 2011, where I was a dual guy, a pitcher and a hitter. Um, from there, I actually got away from the game, per se, from, you know, jumping right into coaching. I got into a, a business development, um, you know, career and about three years ago, I got back into uh, coaching uh, kind of at a high capacity. So I was at a Division three school, and, and now um, I am the recruiting coordinator for uh, junior college named Bryant Stratton over here in Solon, Ohio, which is about 20 minutes away from downtown Cleveland. Um, and mostly my days, you know, uh, with the baseball program is, is really kind of focusing on our player development as well as our recruiting efforts. Um, our goal, you know, quite frankly, is just to kind of make you a better person and a better player and, uh, you know, looking to bring in the type of guys that, you know, are, are willing to work hard and it kind of makes our job easy working with, with good people. Awesome. Glad to both have both you coaches on. So let's kind of get into the questions, and we'll start with you first, Coach Plata, and it's this. What's the greatest performance you've coached, coached against, or witnessed as a player? Um, so, you know, when I was preparing for this uh, for this talk, you know, my mind was going a lot of different places. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of a lot of good teams while while playing, and and also, you know, kind of in my coaching uh, career. Um, and you, you know, you, you you have an appreciation for the game at all levels, but you know, as you get older you kind of, uh, you know, get to see the game from a different perspective. And, you know, speaking from a personal experience, um, you know, I still participate in, you know, adult leagues. I'm 33 years old. And 
you know, didn't have the uh, ability to play any professional ball after my time, but a group of us, you know, adults, you know, have continued to play in, you know, these, these, these leagues. And, you know, this past 2019, um, I was able to be a part of a, a national championship team uh, where, you know, a group of us guys have been playing for 10 years. Um, and that's on top of, you know, working uh, full-time jobs, sacrificing time away from our families, you know. Um, so for me, kind of seeing uh, something come together after 10 years and most of these guys knowing each other in, in adulthood and, and kind of working together um, has been, was kind of the coolest experience I've personally seen. Um, and I was just very fortunate to be a part of a team that, you know, didn't make excuses for, um, you know, circumstances and kind of bonded together and stayed with each other for about a decade. Wow, that's awesome, Coach. And what about you, Coach Loparco? What's the greatest performance you've seen on a ball field? Yeah, so similarly, I, I was thinking about this question, and my uh, my team hasn't been too long, so I think that there's one that comes to mind from my playing career. Um, it was my, my sophomore year. Uh, I think it was our second game of the year, and for anyone who knows baseball in New England or anywhere in the north, the early season games are not exactly the best uh, conditions temperature-wise. So we had a doubleheader on Long Island. It was like March 2nd. I think the the wind chill must have been five degrees, if not less. So showing up to the field, we didn't know what to expect. Um, one of my roommates, it was his first collegiate start. Um, so he pitched, I believe it was the second game of the doubleheader. I can't remember, but... He uh he actually threw a no hitter so that's that's the best performance I've ever seen. Um, it, it in the beginning it felt like no one wanted to be there, but by the end, just seeing how special that day was, and even more impressive that it was his his first collegiate start. So um, that's definitely the the greatest performance I've ever seen. All right, so now we're going to dive into the baseball stuff and coaching philosophy and all that good stuff, and we'll start with you first. This coach. This round, Coach Loparco, and the question is this: What separates the good from the great coaches? I think what makes a good coach is obviously doing your your background research and and working extremely hard to make them make your players better on the field. Um, I think what what takes it to that next level of being great is caring for them off the field as well and um, being concerned about what's going on in their lives, not ne- not necessarily intruding, but always being uh, there for them if they, if they need your help on anything. So I think you'll find in, in great coaches what, what players have to say about them is that the coach would do anything for them. Um, and I think it's just great coaches build great relationships with their players. I think good coaches kind of have that surface surface relationship with their players where they don't really get to know them um, that deeply. So I think great coaches definitely have that deeper care for their players and then would go above and beyond for them. What about you, Coach Plata? What separates those good from the great coaches? Great answer, uh, Coach Parco. Um, And just to kind of piggyback on that, I totally agree that, you know, uh, the difference between service level relationships and, and really getting to know somebody um, is, is, is really important. And I think that's 
why a lot of us, you know, get into coaching to begin with, right? And um, just to kind of make that individual or team, you know, better when they left you than than when you met them. Um, so for me, you know, I try to, you know, use simple statements because it's the only way I get to remember things. But in, in real, reality, I think it's effort, right? And, um, you know, from a coaching standpoint, we all remember some of the coaches, you know, good and bad. And from my perspective, it's really just kind of a self-assessing the situation. And, you know, what can I do to make the experience uh, better for the individual or for the team? So for me, I kind of break it down to, you know, three um, really important things. And I'm sure there's more to it. Um, but these are the three that I, I kind of lean on when, when things are, uh, uh, are just trying to be, uh, take it to the next level. And that's organization, um, you know, being prepared for practice, games, things of that nature, um, you know, good communication. I think even between uh, the coaching staff, it's really important to have everybody on the same page or at least be able to communicate in a way that um, is just receptive to all parties. Um, and especially when that trickles down to the, the team, I think um, if a good if a staff is moving in the right direction, uh, the team will be right behind you. And then obviously, you know, strong leadership. Um, you know, coaching is a, a thankless job. Um, you know, nobody really sees some of the works and efforts that go on behind the scenes, but, um, you know, you're, you're not in it for the recognition. You're in it to kind of, you know, help the other person and, and the people um, that, you know, quite frankly, are just, you know, anywhere from 12 to 20 years old that are just looking to, you know, take their uh, young adulthood to the next level. So just try to, you know, um, Put that effort in so these you know these these student athletes can level up and you know create a good life for themselves good stuff coaches so this next round we'll start with you first coach Plata. and the question is this it's a old school versus new school trend that's always being argument argued on twitter and it's it's a fun one to have and it's do you think that running long distances for training makes a difference for baseball players um yeah relatively speaking i think you know, running long distance rather than sitting on the couch is, is, is better than nothing. Um, but when we're talking about, a, you know, an explosive nature, I think there's different movements that will uh, train fast twitch muscles. And that's, you know, different types of sprints, you know, um, bounding, box jumps, explosive movements, um, you know, will create more of a, uh, you know, explosive background for the movements that you need in baseball. Now, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy personally doing a little bit of both. Um, but given the time that we have, you know, with our team, um, you know, I lean towards more sprints and agility work and, and ladder work and and uh, things that are kind of short term explosive rather than long term, um, long term running. And what about you, Coach Loparco? What do you think? Do you think that running long distances for training makes a difference for baseball players? Yeah, I, th I think uh, it, it depends on the, the position for pitchers. I think endurance is such an important part of their job, especially starting pitchers. They need to have their, their legs under them, say, in the seventh inning of games. Um, but I, th I think position players, you obviously need to be in good shape to, to perform at the highest level you want. But if you think about the longest distance you're going to have to run in a game. I mean, 
it's unlikely, but it would be an inside the park home run probably. So, which is only, I don't, I don't know the exact time on it, but it's not like you're going to be running a mile at one time. Um, so I think having that um, endurance and being in shape is important, but I don't think it's essential for position players. But um, for pitchers, I would say that long distances is definitely beneficial because you're going to need to be in great shape to, to maintain effectiveness late in, late in the games. Awesome stuff, coaches. So we'll move into this next question. In this round, I'll start with you first, Coach Loparco. And the question is this. Again, another old school versus new school discussion. And it's when it comes to producing players, do metrics matter? I think they do matter. Um, to what extent, I think, varies on what you're trying to produce. Um, I think if we're, if we're talking about as coaches trying to mold them into, into better men and better people. Um, the metrics, obviously you can't really quantify a lot of that, you know, being a good person, being selfless, uh, being a good teammate. So that, I don't think that falls on the metrics, um, meter, but when it comes to their, their tactical skills in games, I think metrics can help. Um, it kind of, it kind of gives you a baseline of what they need to work on. So if, they come into the season at a certain, say, exit velocity off a tee, and it's not up to par. You know they can try to improve that number to hopefully start hitting the ball harder when they when they get into games. Um, so I think the way you use metrics um, is important to their to their progression. So I think there's there's a fine line of trying to figure out which ones are important to you, and then how to to utilize that to get the most out of your player. And what do you think, Coach Playda? Do you think that when it comes to producing players, how much of a role does measuring their metrics matter? Uh, so, Coach, you made another great point um, in terms of, you know, teaching the man or, or the woman um, just to kind of be a better person, right? Um, but from a, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, because I spent a lot of time, you know, looking at different metrics from different platforms, you know, a, you know, whether it's the 60 mile an hour or 60 yard dash or exit velocity or, or 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 other different metrics, you know, it's important, you know, to, you know, kind of jump off the page to grab some attention, obviously, um, you know, as, as everybody can probably attest to, you know, recruiting budgets for, for colleges aren't overly, you know, high. So you got to do the best with what you can. So a quick snapshot of athleticism, kind of gives you somewhat of an idea of, you know, what their floor and what their ceiling possibly can be. Um, you know, from my perspective um, and, and from the college's perspective uh, that I work for, very seldomly will we ever offer any sort of, you know, uh, opportunity on the team without either, you know, meeting somebody um, face-to-face or through, you know, now with COVID times through, you know, different um vehicles where you can kind of do some sort of FaceTiming. Um, for me, getting along, you know, kind of with that first question of uh, that we spoke about of what kind of makes a good coach great, uh, I clearly don't have all the answers, but I, I like to create a relationship with, with our players so they can get buy-in. Um, and I would gladly sacrifice metrics for, um, you know, good work ethic any day. All right, so this next question, we'll start with you first, Coach Plata. And this question is, what's a common position on the field, whether it be hitters, pitchers, infield, outfield, whatever it may be, 
position that you work with and what's a common mechanical or just a flaw that you see with those players that you work with and then how do you go about helping them fix those flaws whether it be mechanically mentally or whatever it may be from my from my perspective you know i work with the with hitters and outfielders and you know i think it comes down to to one thing i think most guys do have the ability unless something is you know apparently broken in terms of a, a mechanical issue and for that um, you know, there's there's ways to improve that, but really, it's getting somebody to uh, believe in themselves, right? Uh, baseball is that one sport where you fail seven out of ten times, and you're still, you know, one of the top hitters or in the league or or on your team. So, you know, for me, practice um, really is the opportunity for us to challenge our players and and kind of you know evolve tools that maybe aren't as sharp. Um, but what we try to focus on really are, are player strengths, right? Uh, so that way they can, you know, step into the box with the utmost, you know, confidence and, and ready to battle, um, you know, the pitcher and or, you know, if they're in defensive um, in, in defense, you know, kind of make the play without thinking about it. So for me, I think, you know, developing the mental tools and the ability to um, bounce back from failure. Um, and still believe in yourself, uh, and, and truly believe in yourself, is a, is a skill set that um, is very hard to train. Um, but like anything else, the moment you begin to get some buy-in, you create that inertia, and uh, you know you can have some fairly good success. And for me, that's something that can translate directly, uh, you know, into the into the real world. It's a baseball is a microcosm, you know, for 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 everyday life. And I think if you can develop and, and control the mental part of it, you're going to have a lot of success. And what about you, Coach Loparco? What is a position that you coach with, whether it be in hitters, infield, outfield, pitchers, catchers? What's a, a thing that you commonly have to work on those players with? And then how do you go about helping them fix that? Yeah, first of all, Coach, I couldn't agree more that the mental part of the game is so important. And I think the younger age it's it's tougher to learn because you don't really you don't really know yourself in a way so the thing is players progress in in age it uh, becomes easier um on that mental side um for me i work a lot with infielders and i think at the younger age so the around like 12 or 13 i think the most common issue that i've seen is just their awareness of how their body's moving so i think the footwork um the emphasis on footwork is huge at that age and to to try to improve it for them i think breaking it down to the the simplest form so even even starting without a baseball um just knowing how their feet are going to move towards a ground ball and attack it i think is is important and then you can kind of get more uh get more complicated uh movements as they progress with their with their skill set but for me i think Footwork at that age is is tough because they don't really understand how their body is moving yet. So I think it's important to break it down to to the simplest form to so they can understand and then make those moves in a game confidently. All right, coaches. As all good things come to an end, we got to wrap up this episode right here with this question. And I'll start with you first, Coach Loparco. And the question is this: Why is coaching important to you? Yeah, I mean the. There's probably an hour-long answer that I could give you, but I'll, I'll give the short version. Um, I think the main thing for me is that 
I had tremendous coaches growing up all throughout my youth days, starting with my dad and then through uh, high school, college. I mean, they, like we talked about good or great coaches, they were all great coaches. They, they cared immensely for me, my future, whatever I wanted to do. If baseball wasn't involved, it, it was fine for them. It, they were more concerned about what was going to make me happy. So, I mean, it's important to me because I want to be able to give back to, to the younger kids in my town, anyone coaching, um, to make a positive impact on them, not just between the lines, but in their lives as well. Because I think coaches um, can, kind of, can kind of be that voice besides their parents, that someone encouraging that the, the players know that they're there for them. Um, and that I know coaches can have a tremendous impact on, uh, on people. So that's, that's why it's so important to me. And what about you, Coach Plata? Why is coaching important to you? Yeah, coaching is, is, is important, you know, for me because, you know, to a lot of what Coach Laparca kind of mentioned, it's the ability to uh, help influence and, and, and help, you know, others uh, throughout their, their steps in life, especially, you know, as teenagers and in, into young adulthood. Um, you know, coaching gives you a platform to which you can, you know, explain your experiences and things that you've learned and try to help navigate the youth um, and, and kind of aid in their development as a person and as, as a professional, um, you know, as they kind of grow up and, and have questions. Um, so it's a responsibility that, um, you know, I, I probably can speak for Coach LaParco when I say this, that you know, most coaches don't take for granted. Um, I'm, you know, I'm always trying to improve myself um, by self-reflection or, or asking questions for the people that are around me. Um, I'm not afraid of feedback or, or criticism, and I try to explain that to our to our players too. So, um, you know, coaching is really important to me because I had really good coaches growing up, great coaches throughout the ranks, and. Uh, just looking to give back to the next generation. That wraps it up for the Coaches Roundtable podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you would be interested in being part of an episode yourself, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Coach Crato, K-R-A-T-O. Thank you.